0: We're here, guys. Oh, is it on? Oh, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm Get ready. Get shit together, Christina. I can hit record. Wrestling papers. Listen, I said let's do this, and you're like, okay. I'm a goddamn professional, okay? To the me. Coffee's <laughs> sick burn. So I'm still eating the pumpkin pie M&Ms that Christina gave me at the last recording. You're welcome. Because they're fucking lush
1: out. They're delish. They're good times. Thank you, America. Ugh. Why
0: do Americans have all the best fucking shit? I think I bought those in Vermont. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're very like hoity-toity M&Ms. They're
1: hoity-toity, but also let me tell you about Vermont. So (laughs) we went and the trees were starting to turn color. Like that whole area of America is beautiful in the fall even from like the three or four days that we went from the time we went down to back, the trees changed color. It was lovely, lovely, lovely. So we were coming into Burlington, Vermont. And of course, our plan is like, we got to find a target to do some shopping and stopping at and cause I got to get any kind of pumpkin spice situation that they bring out. And my sister and mom are like, Oh wow. Like it is beautiful, beautiful. And then true crime McGree McGee over here is like, Oh yeah, I think uh, Israel Keys buried a murder kit around here somewhere, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is a hundred percent true because he did. Uh-huh. If you don't know who Sir- Israel Keys is, fucking look him up. I may do a situation on him later, but he would bury murder kits around America and have them there for years. They would lie dormant, and then he would yeah. go around and get them and murder people.
0: And wasn't that one of the reasons why he was hard to get caught? Because yeah. It wasn't like a series of similar murders in the same area, it was like... He
1: went, he lived in Alaska, and he would travel down like the west coast, so like to California, to Oregon. He went over on the other side of the country to Vermont. Um, Where else did they, like he was in Arizona and Texas. Like he would go everywhere and just do very random murders. And because they were so like spread out in terms of geography, And I believe the method in which he killed people was different. They couldn't. They they don't know all of what he did. The FBI released a list of his, uh, I think, flight records, and asked for assistance. (laughs) That's a fun way to eat an M and M. Yep. Stick it up your teeth, and ask them to, for any information. Like, do you know anything? He went here on these dates. Blah blah blah
0: blah blah. I mean, listen a lot of serial killers are just fucking assholes and he is too but man you got to give him props for cleverness yeah like, oh that was that was pretty original yeah
1: if he hadn't <laughs> have fucked up in his hometown, he would have been
0: he'd probably uh, still be on his way totally he would be just killing he'd be it up out here though. in canada doing it too maybe i mean if he lived in alaska i wouldn't be surprised if or he was just like you know alaska is even though i'm attached to canada I'm up in Bumblefuck, Idaho, all by myself from the rest of the Americans. Mm -hmm. But I'm an American, so I shall only kill Americans. Maybe. Like, maybe he was was like that. Like, like anti-Canadian? We're not good enough to kill? Or we're too good to kill. Oh. I like where you go. Yeah. Okay. Alright. We were like Switzerland, right? We were neutral. Yeah,
1: you don't kill us. We kill ourselves, and we kill each other. Don't. You know, you don't get to kill us.
0: No. So, yeah. So, okay. listen. <laughs> Look. Listen. I'm having a tea. Mm-hmm. With my
1: new mug. What does it say? The holiest asshole? Oh, the jolliest asshole. Can we take a second and say how funny the holiest asshole would be, though? That would the be asshole.
0: unfortunate. So it says the jolliest asshole, and then it's got... Nice little Christmas gingerbread men and stuff like that underneath. Yeah, it's lovely. So I'm just... um, Not that you can tell, because my house is looking a little bland, but yesterday we took down all of the um, Christmas decorations. Mm. Or not Christmas, sorry, the fall decorations. Yep. We've put all the skulls away. Right. Um, There's no skull sitting in my horn of plenty anymore. Right. So... (laughs) Although, Charlotte's skeleton animals still lay about. Um, And so, next weekend, we're going to decorate for Christmas.
1: Yay! That's my plan, too. you have to do it after Remembrance Day.
0: Them's the rules. And you know what? It's not, like, because I feel like it's disrespectful to veterans to do it before. I just feel like we should give Remembrance Day its time. I do, too. Like, yeah, out of respect. Yeah. But, you know, like I talked in the last podcast about my grandfather... Who worked at the Kingston Pen. He served in World War II. hmm And uh, he gave no shits about us putting decorations up before... Yeah. Um, Remembrance Day or anything. Hmm. You know, he's like, I fought for this shit. Do what you want, right? So, I guess. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. So, yeah. he didn't care. But I think for me, because I think like a lot of people are a little different where they're like, not, not necessarily. The younger generations don't necessarily have family members left anymore that fought in any of the world wars, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, definitely Afghanistan and that sort of thing. But what Remembrance Day is about, um, whereas I did. Yes. So, like it was my grandfather, right? And
1: uh, yeah. I don't know if, I don't believe I have, but my grandpa was in the Air Force. He was an airplane um, mechanic, I guess. But I don't know if I had anybody that fought in World War Two yeah. or one. We possibly could have. Probably. Not just that not. we really talk about. We're not like... A, it's not a military family. Like, I grew up with people who are a military family, right? You grew, you grew up north of Seven. Grew up north of Seven. It was all about hunting them goats.
0: All right. Clean it up. Okay. Come on. Leave us alone. Well, we're... I'm a success story. Listen. Here I am. I talked about my Nana last time, too. And she... Was part of the World War too. Like she worked in hospitals. Mm -hmm. So I remember her telling me the story once, where um, she was working in the hospital, um, and she would say you could look out the window of the hospital and see bombs going (gasps) off, like miles away, right? Like you could see them going off and stuff. So so scary. That is scary. I mean, thankfully she wasn't blown up because this lovely piece of meat would not be sitting here today. (laughs) So and I look just like her oh yeah you should um this is your mom's mom no my dad's mom oh okay okay yeah so the irish in me comes from my dad's side gotcha okay yeah my mom's side was actually scottish and french oh okay, okay. you got a real mix in there Han's 57 but because i was most closest to my nana because she was the one that lived the longest mm-hmm. i identify with her heritage more i guess fair enough so, Kai, okay, let's get into it. Let's let's get into it. Ooh, I don't even know what your story is. I'm so excited. So, here's a fun thing: is one day, so there's this thing on Facebook. I'm I'm gonna look her or not Facebook Instagram. So I'm gonna look her up real quick because I didn't or it could be a boy. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I'm gonna look it up real quick just so that I can give a shout out to. Um, where I had originally found this story from. So I was scrolling through Insta one day. Okay and i came across this story from told by cole so it's probably a girl Kay. or a boy sorry boy i don't know you all right you know what there's so many gender neutral gender neutral names these days yeah and like people are calling their kids boys names when they're girls and vice versa and stuff so right. you just never know but you can't make assumptions, Bex. So there's one thing that we know in 2019... It's no, not. you can't make assumptions. That's right. So this person, Cole, has some really good stuff on here. So you should actually go and, like, look it up. And, um... So there's... There's told... Tales by Koal. Okay, that's what I did right now. Um... But there is also... Because while I was on there checking it out... Um... I don't know if I can find it. But there's, like, I think it's, like, Haunted Stories by Cole as well. And I think it's the same person. Oh, okay. Um, so, obviously, I was, like, all over that stuff. Or scary stories. But totally. I can find that out. And we can post it on the on the um, Facebook page or something. So, if anybody wants to find them. Um, so, yeah. So, I just saved it because I was, like, I'm going to use that story one day because it is fucked up. So, oh, okay.
1: This is the story.
0: This is the story. Yes. I mean, okay. sorry, like, to me, it's fucked up because, I mean, who would, who, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, so this is the story of the Sharon Lupatka hom- homicide. Ooh, okay. Have you heard of this? Never. Okay. Well, I don't think so. Let's get into it. Okay. So, I don't know how to say her name, so we're just going to call her Sharon. Okay. Sharebear, Bear, let's do it. Okay. So, Cher Bear was an internet entrepreneur in Hampstead, Maryland, United States, who was killed in a case of apparent consensual homicide. Oh. So... Consensual homicide? Consensual homicide. Okay, you're going to get into it. I'm going yeah. to Okay. So, she was tortured and strangled to death on October 16th, 1996, by Robert Bobby Frederick Glass, a computer analysis from North Carolina. Too many names. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to call him Glass, I think. As the story goes through. Okay. So, the apparent purpose was mutual sexual gratification. The case was reportedly the first where a police department arrested a murder suspe- suspect with evidence primarily gathered from email messages. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, Sharon was a daughter of four daughters born to Orthodox Jew- Jewish parents. So, Jews, your favorite people in the world, right? Love them. Um, parents were Mr. and Mrs. Abraham Dunberg. Yes. Nope. sound familiar. Uh, nope. Go on. Okay. Go on. Okay. Go on. I'm like I'm a- doing a story situation. I want
1: you to know that. But go ahead.
0: Okay. I'm not ignoring
1: you. I'm d- I'm doing something that follow up for mine. But I'm listening. Okay.
0: Because okay. you just look like you wanted to say something. Nope. So. Nope. I'll shut my mouth. Okay. So they remembers the Beth to Flo to Tyf Tylo? It's T F I L O H. So it's a Jewish name. Okay. They were, so, congregation. Abraham being a cantor as a synagogue. Huh. They were raised in Baltimore, Maryland. Sharon was seen by her classmates, as normal as you can get, wrote the news and observer, and was part of a sports team and her school's choir club. She, she graduated from Pikesville High School in 1979. She married a construction worker, Victor, in Ellie, Ellicott City, Maryland, in 1991, and moved with him to a ranch-esque House in Hempstead, Maryland, in the early 1990s. Dream life. Totally, yes. She's living her best life. Oh, yeah. Good for you. The marriage was described by a classmate of Sharon's as a way of breaking away, and her parents did not support it. Oh, oh, okay. So in 1995, Sharon started doing online advertising business from her Ellicott City home in order to make additional money. The first website she hosted, House of Dion, was for selling home decor guides by mail for $7. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> As a side note, my, do- my daughter has gotten this um, thing from Bath and Body Works. You know how like you can get an- like little animals that you can shove the... Oh, um, sanitizers in? Sanitizers yeah. in? So it's a wiener dog wearing a hot dog costume with mustard on it. So I'm like, let's be ironic and call him Relish. She's like, no. She's a <laughs> Hard pass. Mom. She says to me... He doesn't find that funny. That's <laughs> what so she said to me, because I laughed, right? <laughs> I'm like, let's be funny and call it a relish and ha ha ha. And she's like, he doesn't find that funny. I'm like, okay. Well, she's PR for the guy. So anyways, because I said $7, she named the dog Dollar.
1: Okay. So he's a
0: dollar dog. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Even though the little fucker costs $13. $13? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, if you press a button, he barks. $13! It was like twelve seventy five plus tax. And for all of y'all who don't know, tax in Ontario was 13%. It is an aggressive amount. That is... Okay. So you know that thing cost almost 15 bucks plus the sanitizer that was already shoved up his ass so they could not get out in the <laughs> store so I had to pay for it. Oh. It was the last wiener dog. They should have given that to you for free if they couldn't get it out. Okay. I'll write them a letter. Damn dollar dog. So... <laughs> An advertisement on the website read, Home decorating secrets seen in the posh homes from the New England states to the Hollywood homes can now be yours. Never published before. Quick, easy ways to decorate your home. Hmm. She was paid $50 per advertisement, rewriting ad company her business titled Classified Concepts. She ran several websites for distributing psychic readings, which was totally big in the 90s. Yes. Also garnering a percentage of the money from sales of other services, with premium-rate telephone numbers advertised on her websites. Hello, remember those group chat or those phone chats? The party line. The party lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think don't they still do that? I have no idea. They were like late-night infomercials, right?
0: Those ones. Yeah. But here's the thing: it's been
1: so long since I've had cable or a home phone. I think it still exists. I swear to God. But my question is: who the fuck is? is using those.
0: Like, right. the, uh,
1: wait, is this the, the ones where you share a line or the ones where it's, like, the sex lines?
0: I think, well, it could. it doesn't say. I'm thinking, oh, okay, let me read on. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, in addition to her advertising and psychic reading business, Sharon marketed pornographic content under the alias Nancy Carlson, Sharon. which depicted women who were unconscious from being drugged, hypnotized, or chloroformed, engaging in sex, act, sex acts with each other. So Whoa. just reading that, I would assume that the premium rate telephone numbers were probably sex chats. Sharon had quite the side hustle, huh? Yeah, and when you see a picture of her, so... Did you have a picture? Oh, I do have. yes. A, I do have a picture of her. Okay. So she... When you look at... <laughs> I'm sorry, but she she doesn't scream sex to me, but you know what? I, I'm I am also a middle-aged, overweight white woman, so <laughs> I'm not finding people who look like me as sex symbols. So, that's her. Okay, when I first looked at this, I looked at the person on the left.
1: Which who, is the man. <laughs> I was like, whoa! Alright, so yeah. she's yeah, yeah. Those are, it's a real '90s picture I'm finding. Oh yeah. No? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's
0: going to come into play in this as well. Yes. So he's he's the Robert Bobby
1: Frederick he's Glass. Glass. Yeah. So he sort of has a he's, Dennis Raider vibe going.
0: He's Mr. Glass. Okay, Mr. Glass. Sorry, I should have waited to eat this M&M until. Eat him. Okay. I just had another M&M. I did not learn <laughs> my lesson from the first one. Okay. So in addition to her advertising, oh I read that part, she sold her undergarments, an advertisement for them reading, is there anyone out there interested in buying my worn panties? Ew. She also used the internet to fulfill her own sexual desires that were often considered considered irregular to society. I'm sorry, you got to watch out for those chubby chicks. Which, I shouldn't say, ew, I know that's like kink
1: shaming or whatever, but I just think dirty underwear really is vile. And I know that that's a huge marketplace, but I just, I can't wrap my head around it.
0: What? You might not be into the dirty underwear, but you know that there's people are that are out there. So if you can make a buck off of it.
1: I get what she's doing. She's totally capitalizing on a market. And that's what it's like, she is, her hustle is good. I, I just think the product is... Disgusting. Yeah, let's throw some Tide and get those cleaned up. But I mean, isn't there's just quick tangent? Yeah. Aren't there vending machines in? I don't
0: like where this is going.
1: Well, get ready, lock in. I don't know if it's like Japan or China or something in Asia somewhere. Let's say that dispense out dirty women's underwear. I believe that's a thing. Fact check me, Fox News. But I believe that's a thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Listen. Nothing on Fox News is real.
1: It's all real. No, it's not. Even the hair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But if that's true.
1: Yeah. No, I think it is. I'm
0: mortified. Because even though I had said I totally understand that, what she's doing, she's not interested in. There's a market out there. Yeah. I know there's a market out there, but I'm not selling my underwear. Although my underwear is big enough. I could cut up and sell it for twice the price.
1: <laughs> Who wants That's the front the part?
0: Who wants the back part?
1: <laughs> you want the front bum, back bum? What's yeah? What's your? It's like That's dark right. meat, white meat. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, pretty okay. much. Okay. <laughs> Although if you've seen my ass, it's all white. It's large. Do you want it... white or super white meat? Like, yes. What are you looking for Basically. Do you like your meat hairy, or, <laughs> or Jesus, Christ. or cellulite? <laughs> TMI.
1: Okay, we're going too far. Okay, I'm gonna shave in the shower. Tonight. We're gonna get um
0: thanks for letting us know okay
1: I really um, need to shut down episode three okay,
0: okay. I, got, I really I have a really good wet hair shaver just so you know it's, okay it's great good. got it from Amazon that's okay. yeah yeah okay other <laughs> other shavers are available thank you uh we are not sponsored by Amazon no. um so Sharon went under more pseudonyms and personas went on pornographic chat rooms of sites like fetishfeet.com. <laughs> and sexbondage.com that had members with fetishes such as necrophilia, bondage, and sadomasochism. More than 50 messages that showed her sexual desire of being tortured to death were discovered by the news and observer. Her character of Carlson, who was a disciplinary dominatrix, pornographic film actress, actress who weighed 300 pounds, was one of the pseudonyms used in the chats. This alarmed a sex workers' rights activist named Tanith, who tried to stop her behavior. Sharon replied to Tanith that, I want the real thing. I did not ask for you preaching to me. Whoa. So Robert Bobby Frederick Glass, Glass as we're going to call him, Yeah. that's just too many. Glassy Glass. Yes. He worked as a computer analyst for the government of Catawba County, North Carolina for nearly 16 years. His tax, tasks included programming tax rolls and keeping ta- track of the amount of vehicle gas consumption in the county. So for 14 years until May 1996, Glass was married to his wife, Sherry, and the couple had two daughters and one son. Later in the marriage, Sherry noticed her husband was spending much more time on the computer than with her. <laughs> Rary, she logged onto the email account and, followed, and found several raw, violent, and disturbing messages that he sent under the pseudonyms Toy Man and Slow Hand. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Not sure I'd find those names appealing. Um, <laughs> I want it fast and hard. That's all I'm saying, okay? <laughs> Whoa. Just kidding. Don't. Learning so much today, Bex. I know. As a result, the two separated. Sharon first met Glass in August of 1996 while in a pornographic chat room. Through email, Sharon presented her fetish of being tortured to Glass while he sent messages about how he would fulfill her fantasy. Close to 900 pages of emails between the two were discovered by police during the investigation of Sharon's death. So, on the morning of October 13th, 1996, Sharon informed her husband she was going to Georgia to meet acquaintances. She also left him a note that she would not be returning home and requested not to track down Glass. The note also read that if my body is never retrieved, don't worry. Know that I'm at peace. That morning, she drove her blue Honda Civic to Baltimore's Pennsylvania station, which was a 45-minute drive, and had arrived on the Amtrak train to Charlotte, North Carolina by 8.45 p.m. Glass drove Sharon and his pickup truck to his rural Lenore, North Carolina mobile home, 80 miles from Charlotte. Sharon's husband Victor found the note his wife left for him and notified the police who found six weeks of email conversation between Sharon and Glass in her email correspondence with Glass she had explicitly asked Glass to torture her to death Glass interviewed later during his imprisonment admitted to fully fulfilling Sharon's torture fantasy but also said that the death was an accident as he recalled I don't know how much I pulled the rope I never wanted to kill her but she ended up dead well, and wait till you see like how much time he got.
1: Oh, is this. it pathetic?
0: Yeah. So, um, this was supported by the autopsy performed by Dr. John Butts. <laughs> <laughs> his name Butts. Uh, Tina Belcher. Yep. Butz. The chief state medical examiner of north carolina who stated that sharon was accidentally strangled to death three days after her arrival in north carolina however the police disagreed their search warrant affidavits described the death as intentional and that the emails proved it north carolina police staked out Glass's home for several days but not see, did not see sharon on october 25th 1996 judge beverly t Beale issued a search warrant on the home and inside the house investigators discovered items belonging to sharon in addition, they found drug and bondage equipment, child pornography magazines, a point three five seven Magnum pistol. I don't know anything about guns, but is there, like, a nickname for that? A Magnum pistol? You know, like, when they say it was, like, a... What are names for guns? A, a GAT? I don't know. A GAT? Is a gun a... A Magnum? Well, it was a Magnum pistol, but... I don't know. Like, I read when I was reading this the last time, I was like, isn't there a nickname for guns... In Canada, we just don't see guns, right? Unless you're being shot at by the popo, in which you're. I had. We had guns growing up. You didn't. We had guns in my house. Tons of guns. Again, I lived in the city. Oh.
1: You lived. I lived in the country, and my, my brother yeah. and dad hunt. So we had
0: like we had tons of guns in my house. Oh. Hmm. Now my mom had because my not like sprawled around, but no. Yeah. My my mom's mom used to hunt. Which Mom's makes sense, because she was an oh. evil woman.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> um. So my mom, she still has her gun. Oh, okay. But, like, the pin had been removed. Yes. But it was, like, an old, like... Like, antique antiquey antique kind of shotgun, but or hunting gun. Like, it had, like, the long barrel on it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, like, black. It was, like, still, like, made out of wood and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, a lot and, like, of them are. She, yeah, and she still yep. has it, like, in a leather case and stuff like that. Oh, so, cool. I mean, we had that in the house as a kid, but I don't know. She kept it hidden away from us. Yeah, it wasn't,
1: like, an everyday thing. I mean, it would be now in November. It's hunting season for, yeah. the, like, what, first two weeks? So my dad and my brother would go either to the hunting camp or, like, later on they would do it in the backwoods. But we always had guns. It was it, It's not something that I ever really thought about. They were just there, and, you know, we didn't. I, I don't really know much about guns, like shotguns or rifles or I, I don't know. 308s. I know we had one of those. I know it's kind of powerful. I don't know what it means. A 22. Don't know what that means. I'm assuming caliber. Yeah, I don't know. But we we had those. We certainly didn't have handguns, which is, I believe, what a pistol is or a magnum. Well,
0: okay, yeah. Because I was gonna say, isn't that what a magnum? is? The only thing I know about guns is if you turn it to the side, kill shot. That's the kill shot.
1: Boom, boom. That's the only thing I know. Boom. From that movie,
0: Date Night. It's kill shot. It's kill shot. Yeah. Right. I love that movie. So funny. For the love of God, please put on a shirt. <laughs> so everybody is a side note. Everybody loves Mark Wahlberg, right? Sure. I mean, what's not to love? He's a Wahlberg, for one. Sure, great burgers. Um, well, and I mean, new kids, right? Donnie. I grew it's up with there. that shit, right? Yeah. But I, unashamedly, is that a word? Yeah, have sure. have a crush on Steve Carell. And now that he's gone salt and pepper... Oh yeah yes like I even liked him as Michael Scott yeah he's hilarious regional manager at Dunder Mifflin Paper Company he's hilarious I've yeah. never seen The Office huh please do not end our friendship but I've never seen The Office but let me tell either you- one the British one or the US one or the both are great okay have never seen either no why
1: um I don't know I can't believe it. I feel like you would really like it. As someone who has worked in an office, you can really appreciate that yeah. side of things.
0: Somebody who loves Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Um, John Krasinski. Yes. Um, hankerin for Steve Carell. Hankerin. Dwight Schrute is even good. Creed. Oh, my God. Creed? Brett. No. You don't like Creed? And BJ Novak.
1: So you know the characters. Oh, you fuck just, yeah. Like, every, everybody knows the characters. And,
0: I mean, The Office has the best memes. A hundred percent. You use
1: that's what she said. Uh, Yeah. On a regular basis. I I can't believe you've never seen it for the amount of times since I've known you that you plug in at that's what she said. Okay.
0: I say that's what she said so many times that I even learned how to say it in French. Sesca Kelly Seska Kelly Yeah, fuck, yeah. I always forget Seska yeah. Kelly Shadow to Sonia.
1: That's right Sonia. And happy first birthday Mr. Spenceman Yes Oh he's
0: so cute He's adorable I want to snuggle the fuck out of that little boy Little cheekers So cute Okay, okay. Back to murder you know Yes Talking about happy stuff like that <laughs> Uh. So where was I Um. Okay I was talking about the pistol uh, Several computer disks as well as trash and toys outside the trailer. That's what they found at the home. Okay. A police officer then noticed a mound of soil 75 feet away from the home before finding some body parts buried two and a half feet below. Yeah. Glass was arrested at work following the discovery, charged with first degree mur- murder and held without bond in the Caldwell County Jail. Glass was also hit with additional state and federal charges for the possession of child pornography, which is another reason why I can't watch Glee, but that's a whole other story. Okay. County investigator D.A. Brown said that Sharon's body might have never been found had it been buried in the woods behind Glass's house. So Glass pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and sexual, sexual exploitation charges on January 27, 2000 and was sentenced to 36 to 53 months in the Avery Mitchell Correctional Institution. He was also sentenced to an additional... 27 months for federal charges of second degree murder, second degree minor exploitation to be served consecutively. So that is not a lot of time. No. Um, say that again. What was the total amount? So it so he didn't serve all the time and I'll, yeah. and I'll say why. Yeah. So it was 36 to 53 months. So he <laughs> had to serve a minimum of 36 plus 27 for the other federal charges of second degree minor exploitation. So Christ. So, that is, what, 30, no, 6 and 7 is 13, carry the 1, so 37 years, or 37 months. 37 months. Divided by 12. Give me the math. Well, 3 years plus a month.
1: Yeah. 36, yeah. So that's... If it's 37.
0: That's all he got. So 3 years and a month he got for murder. Uh Uh-huh. Child pornography, um second degree minor exploitation um why is it that we give less sentencing to
1: somebody who violates children and and i don't care how you do it compared to somebody who like has a bit of coke or weed on them in what i mean it's legal now i know but yeah what are we doing? What, like, our sentences in America is just as bad, if not worse.
0: What the fuck? What the fuck? And our tax dollars pay for that person who got caught with 10 grams of pot in jail. I don't give a
1: shit that somebody has
0: pot on them. No.
1: coke. I don't give a shit. Are you kidding me? I care that there are people out there, predators, actively, mm-hmm. currently, hurting, molesting children Children. and as I understand it to get into these like chat rooms and stuff you have to produce like a new photo or video or something of like child porn which is why because I was like how many people are why are you making so much child porn just go online and get it if that's your fucking thing don't do that but I'm saying
0: no it's available
1: yeah but I guess to get into it I was listening to a podcast and I think it was FBI they were doing it and they were trying to like infiltrate this big ring and in order to like do that you needed to get in You needed to give uh, an original content situation, which is, I guess, why when people are found with possession of, oftentimes it's um, um, like making child pornography. Anyway, so people are doing that. It's disgusting, but we give them so little time. Yeah. Compare and comparatively to other people. Anyway, that's my fucking
0: rant for right now. Go on. Okay. Back to glass ass. Because that's disgusting. Gross. So, Ugh. Glass was found dead of a heart attack in prison on February 20th, 2002, one month before he was to finish his state sentence and begin his federal sentence. So, I mean, really, he'd fin- he'd done the two years and was about to begin his next sentence of the 27 months. So, mm-hmm. he didn't get a lot of time. Jesus. Um, so, the case was reportedly the first where, murder- I've said this before, murder suspect was put in custody by the police department mainly due to evidence from the emails. A majority of the media coverage of Sharon's killing mainly put their focus on the dangerous consequences of internet-held meetings. Several people requested that a form of censorship should be created to better protect humans from killings like that of Sharon's, while anti-censorship activists counter-argued that people could better express controversial beliefs in an open forum without the need of a real identity. Writers have labeled the situation as one of the earliest examples of what psychologists called Mardi Gras phenomenon, where one uses a variety of personalities to decrease their chances of having a consequence for their actions. Hmm. I haven't heard that before. Mm -mm. Thanks to the popularity of the case, more psychologists increase their desire for sexual encounters. No, I'm just kidding. I just (laughs) saw the word desire. To have a better understanding of atypical sexual desires caused by sadism, masochism, and asphyxia. So the case inspired a 2008 film Downloading Nancy, which premiered... <laughs> <laughs> when I read it out loud, it sounds funny. <laughs> it's the worst title ever, guys. <laughs> which premiered at the Sundance Film Festival and had a wider release in 2019. So interviews with screenwriter Lee Ross indicated that he was aware of the Sharon case and found it dark, horrible, and intriguing.
1: Oh, mm, okay, okay. So...
0: Just this thing from Told by Cole, the thing that got me interested. So it says, Sharon was a woman who arranged her own sexual torture and murder. She spent several weeks searching through the internet for the right man. Finally, a man agreed to treat her in a special but gruesome way by torturing her sexually and then killing her by strangulation. The man was Robert Frederick Glass, nicknamed Slow who met Sharon in a BDSM-related chat room she left a short note to her loved ones. If my body is never retrieved, don't worry. I'm. Ne- don't worry now. Know that I'm in peace. And that's the story of Sharon Lupadakapitiiki.
1: That is wild because it's a very early internet chat room yeah. situation. Do you think that, like, do you think she really left that note?
0: I don't know. I never thought of that. But I think, I think maybe because of the emails that transpired, mm-hmm. um, that maybe she did write the note. Yeah, fair enough. Um, cause there was like 900 email, what was it? 900, where did I say it? 900 something. Emails back and forth.
1: Yes. I Which so. I get like 10, you know, from old Navy or from sports deck a day and I'm exhausted. I can I don't have the time of day. Yeah.
0: 900? And this was only over a uh, few weeks?
1: Remember when that was the only, there was no, like, instant chat in early, early internet days? You had, had to, to email an back email. and
0: forth. So you had your dumb Hotmail account. And you sit there and wait uh, back, and, like, for the yeah. person to email you back? Yeah. Under dial-up? Yeah, because
1: you had to log in. It's not like you could get it on your phone. Or no. you had to wait till your brother was off the phone talking with his girlfriend or whatever, and then you would plug in the dial up and then your mom would pick up to call your aunt and then you'd be like mom then you had to redo the situation yeah. again all to log in you've got mail
0: yes we're kind of freaking out the gen z's right now though.
1: that's I know I did a lot of like <laughs> references that they you don't, don't know. know that kind
0: of stuff existed god it was wild I actually as a side note I called what did I call the other day I can't remember what it was oh I had to call hotel due because mm-hmm. I'm having um, like eye surgery or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm and it said, and I have not heard this in a long time, that if you are calling from a touchtone phone or a rotary phone, wow. I was like, no, nobody <laughs> has a rotary phone anymore. I'm like, even old people, their hearing aids can call people. No, they do. Really? Because,
1: mm-hmm, I'll tell you how I know this, Weeks within the last couple of weeks, so we had an unfortunate sort of series of events in my family and my mom's side where... Um, family members passed away in close proximity to each other, a couple, and um, my mom was sort of in charge. She was an executor, I guess. So there were some things I had to, we had to go in and whatever. Uh, but when <laughs> we went in. They still had plastered right in the middle of like their kitchen a rotary phone, and that's what they used. And they on hung- the wall, yeah, hung on the wall. Yep. And then I had said like, why, why did they never? Because they also had like, in addition to that. You know, like cordless phones around, but I was like, why wouldn't she um, get rid of that? Like, why? And um, Nadine was her name. <laughs> her granddaughters were like, uh, well, she didn't want to get rid of it because she didn't want to make a big hole in her kitchen. I'm <laughs> like, that is a classic old person situation. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So they still, anyway, they still exist. They're still cruising around. I see them at like vintage shops and stuff. The forest green or mustard, buttery yellow ones for sale.
0: Little Stranger Things.
1: Yes. Yes. Max, that was a good one. I'd never heard of that one before.
0: Yeah, so totally, totally check out Told by Cole, because there's some okay. on yeah, Instagram. I followed it okay. while you were doing that. Because there is some good, um, there's some good shit on there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: This is where if we were like a real podcast, we would cut for an ad for like, I don't know, Dollar Shave Club or something. But we're not, so we're going to continue into my story. Okay.
0: <laughs> but... If yep. we ever become popular, and we get sponsors, yeah. we'll have to go back and edit this, cut that part out, and put in an ad, because I think they put in ads in all their old podcasts. Yeah,
1: I've noticed that too, if I go back yeah. and listen, because I'll oftentimes cruise to like the beginning of a podcast, so I mm-hmm. like those. Okay. Alright, so mine is about, this is a very famous one, so I don't know if you've, you've heard it, but I put it in my notes as boy in the motherfucking box, but it's the boy in the box. Is Here. it like dick in the box? Uh, well, that's what she said. I also have. That's what she said in brackets. <laughs> but have you heard of that? The boy in the box. Have you ever heard I don't of this think one? So, so also it's referred to as America's unknown child. And as of today, date of recording, um, this boy has been unidentified for sixty-two years, eight months, and sixteen days. Wow. And so he would be, if he was alive today, he would be a boomer. So we could say, okay, boomer. Okay. I don't really understand what people are doing with that, but I just see it online. So I stole my information from our Lord and Savior Wikipedia and BuzzFeed Unsolved Crimes. So let me take you back to the year 1957. You and I were just children, just... Just kicking it. On our Schwinn bicycles, cruising around the nabes, going down to the bubbler, uh, other references. And what I could buy for 25 cents was insane. Well, it's interesting you say that because I've put some facts in to kind of take us back there of what that okay. looked like. So, n- 1957, world-changing event, the Soviet Union launched Sputnik, the first space satellite starting the space race. Okay. Uh, the top song was I'll Shook Up by Elvis Presley.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> other, <laughs> other influential songs were the Banana Boat Song, "Deo" by Harry Belafonte and Wake Up Little Susie by the Everly Brothers. Movies to watch include An Affair to Remember, Jailhouse Rock, Gunfight at the O.K. Corral, 12 Angry Men, uh, The Spirit of St. Louis, Old Yeller. Ooh. Yeah. The most famous person in America was probably Rock Hudson. Okay. God bless. Notable books, Atlas Shrugged* by Ayn Rand. I know I'm saying that wrong. Oh, my God. And... The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss, okay. 1957. So the pot, the price of a 45 single record in 57 was $0.79. Cents. And a Burger King Whopper cost $0.37. Cents. And in comparison today, I did a quick goog. And according to fastfoodmenuprices.com, which who started that website, uh, it's about $4.19 today. So $0.37 cents to $4.19. Life expectancy, male 66.4 years, female 72.7 years, and wham Company, Bex, okay, yeah. produced the f- this toy called the Pluto Platter. And we still use it today, but it's called something else. You know what we call it today? The Pluto
0: Platter. wham Company. No. The Frisbee. Oh, see, I was thinking of those, like... Remember those balls that had like like Saturn and you could jump on them? What were they called? Oh, the the yes, I know what you mean. I was gonna say
1: Bop It, but that's the game. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the it was renamed the Frisbee in '58. The three-point seatbelt was invented by Volvo's Niels Bohlin. Volvo let other car companies use the patent at no charge. The funny TV lady at the time was our girl, Lucille Ball. Yeah, I was going to say. Funny late night show host was Steve Allen. Um, our prime minister was Louis Saint Laurent and Gunsmoke was the most popular television show according to my quick goal. What, but who cares about that? Let's go to Philly. Much like today, Philly was cold and miserable. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> on a- on February twenty fifth, 1957, the body of a young boy was found in a wooded area of northeast Philadelphia. And I believe the place was called Fox Chase,
0: Philadelphia? Wait, in West Philadelphia. You're born born and on, on the playgrounds, playgrounds where I spent most, most of, my of my days. Sorry, we're going to keep
1: that okay. shadow. As I was typing that, I had that song in my okay. head, so I'm glad you said that. <laughs> so his body was naked, um, wrapped in a blanket, and he'd been placed in an empty box that had belonged to... A, originally had a bassinet in it so you and it was sold by jc penny so jc penny sold a bassinet this was the box and he was uh, placed in there and found in that
0: oh
1: he had recently cut hair um and multiple scars on his body so i think it said like on his head on his groin area and on his left ankle um and they had based on whatever information they brought from that it is believed that he had a medical procedure Okay, so they were
0: scars, like, healed up. They weren't lacerations or anything. That's what it sounds like.
1: So, around the body when they searched, and many, many, uh, I think I said police cadets searched, they found a child scarf, a man's blue cap with a yellow leather strap on it, and a handkerchief with a letter G embroidered on it. The boy was believed to be anywhere from three to seven years old at the time. He weighed 30 pounds and was three feet six inches. And they concluded, based on an autopsy, that he died of blunt force trauma to the head. And the exact date of death wasn't really—it couldn't—it was unknown because it was freezing temperatures. So
0: it would preserve the body exactly,
1: yeah. which made me think of—do you know Richard Klasinski, the Ice Man, who was like the hired hitman for the mob? Yeah. He's really cool to look up. He, not cool. I mean, he was a murderer, but he was a hired killer. Okay. And it lived like a very domestic normal life in the suburbs had a wife kids but just would like get paid money go on a plane to different places kill somebody and one of the things he did is he killed somebody put them in a freezer and like I think two years later put them in a ravine and he how so anyway so thinking that that person had just like disappeared and recently died but he'd been dead for two years but the police found out because there was like crystals still crystal I hadn't fully thought anyway that's what it made me think of doesn't matter that's should just a sidebar yeah you give him a good thought before you dump a yeah. body fun facts just that's a free tip from us um okay so he was found by okay how he was found he was first found by a young guy who was setting traps in the area so it was sort of a wooded area that he was found in this box was in and this kid or this guy was setting traps But he didn't want to report it to the police because he didn't want the police basically to fuck with his traps that he was setting. So he let a body of a young boy in a box sit in a wooded area. God forbid his muskrat traps be fucked with by the police. Cool. Hope you're burning in hell. Shortly after, another young man, it said he was a college student, according to our Lord and Savior Wikipedia, found him but also waited a full day before he reported it to the police because he didn't want to have any contact with the police, which what the fuck is going on in Philadelphia in the fifties? Report shit to the police. On the Buzzfeed unsolved crime video that I watched, they had done like copious amounts of research. The investigation was really interesting, like how in depth it went. So they, um, went to the hat maker because they found the blue cap with a leather strap. And this woman who made the cap remembered the guy who bought it because it's a distinctive hat in that he specifically wanted a brown leather strap put on the back. She gave him a description, gave the police a description, but they could never like follow up with that specific person. So let's talk about theories. Okay, the first theory involves a foster home, which is about two and a half kilometers away. Uh, Remington Bristow, which is the coolest name ever, he was from the medical examiner's office, contacted a psychic in New Jersey. I just called it New Jersey in my notes. And she described a house that looked like a foster home and later she, when he brought her to the area, he brought her to the point where the boy was discovered and he led, she led him directly to the foster home. So kind of over the phone she described it and it was an actual place. So upon attending um, an estate sale at the foster home, Bristow discovered a bassinet similar to the one sold at J.C. Penney that they had believed where the box originated from. He also discovered blankets hanging on the clothesline that were similar to the one in which the boy's body had been wrapped. Bristow believed the boy belonged to the stepdaughter of the man who ran the foster home, and they had disposed his body so that the stepdaughter could not be exposed as an unwed mother. God forbid in the 50s. Thank you, 1950. He theorized that the boy's death had been an accident. Oh. Um, in 1998, Philadelphia Police Lieutenant Tom Augustine, who was in charge of the investigation and several members of the Vidoc Society, do you, have you heard of Vidoc? hmm I'll talk mm-hmm. about that in one second, interviewed a foster, the foster father and the stepdaughter, who he had married, by the way. He, he married, married his, his stepdaughter? Daughter. Okay. So in a real fucking gross Woody Allen move, he married his stepdaughter, um, and then After that, in 98, when they did this investigation and the follow-up, the foster home investigation was closed. So this one didn't, I mean, in some instances it checked out, but so he didn't want her to be exposed as an unwed mother, but waited till the kid was 3 to 7 to dispose of the body. I mean, if you don't want her to be an unwed mother, usually they would send them away for them to have the baby and it'd be an orphan. Or, Mm -hmm. like, you'd get rid of it quick. You wouldn't let a kid hang out for 3 to 7 years. So that didn't really check out for me. Also, that's gross that you married your stepdaughter.
0: Was he uh-huh. hot? Was he well hung? Did he, was he really good at the sex? Doesn't matter to me. It's gross. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what was in her mindset, that's all. She... Um, I don't know. Because it would really take a lot for me to marry my stepfather. Well, he's dead, so... I've never, never had happen, one. but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just vile. It's gross. Yeah. It's, it's a whole lot of gross. So now let's talk about the woman known as M or Martha. So in February 12, 2002, so relatively recently in comparison to 57, um, a woman brought forward a story that her mother had purchased the boy, named Jonathan, from his birth parents in 1954. So that checks out, that in terms of age and time. Um, and after he she, he was purchased by this by M's mum, he experienced extreme physical and sexual abuse, eventually leading to his death. After an evening of baked beans, <laughs> Which, let, me, let me. That was just so random. Let me describe. It comes into play, but I okay. Just, I just added that because it makes it made me laugh. So he, I guess what had happened is he they had baked beans for supper, and he began throwing up. He got sick, and she got the mother got mad and beat the shit out of him and hit his head off the floor, and so he had like blunt force trauma obviously mm-hmm. he had she want she wanted to clean him up put him in a bath to clean him up and he later died and so the woman also said so this this baked beans piece it checked out with police because his stomach contained baked beans and he had wrinkles on his fingers that would indicate he had sat in a bath okay right but like my thought is like How many people had baked beans in their stomach in the late 50s? I'm going to guess anywhere from 60 to 80% at any given time. Yeah. It was a pretty popular dish back in the day. Uh, He had long hair, and the mother had to cut it to conceal it. And Martha was forced to help dispose of the body during this. A man approached them in a vehicle and spoke to them as they were doing this in this wooded area. And M's mother made her stand in front of the license plate so the man couldn't see it. This apparently was actually corroborated by a confidential testimony of a male who stated the body had been placed in a box and discarded. So her story kind of checked out on multiple levels. Um, Ultimately though, the police were unable to confirm uh, the story via investigation. Neighbors said her claims were ridiculous and denied ever seeing a young boy there during this time. And she also was somebody who lived with, it sounds like, pretty significant mental health issues. So they, people quickly dismiss it because of that but a lot of like there's a lot of kind of checkpoints for her the last theory I'm going to talk about though is um, I put gender or 2019 gender identify identity theory so forensic artist Frank Bender who was a founding member of Vidoc again I'm going to talk about that in one second developed a theory that the victim may have been raised as a girl the child's unprofessional haircut, which appeared to have been performed in haste, was the basis for this scenario, as well as the appearance of the eyebrows having been styled. In 2008, Bender released a sketch of the un- unidentified child with long hair reflecting the strands found on the body. So, again, his hair had been cut, so they must have had longer, like, the cut strands must have still been on the body, which is like, why are you fucking cutting the hair in the, then, to begin with, if you're not getting rid of what you cut to get rid of? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um... So let's really quickly talk about Vidoc. So Vidoc is this organization, and they talk about it in Philadelphia, but I think it's everywhere now. And it's a members-only crime-solving um, club, and it meets every third Thursday of the month Okay, in Philly. It's very, I know it sounds very silly. No, no, it's I'm like It's the fucking thinking,
0: coolest. Can we have one here? Because I want to join and meet every third Thursday of the month.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. Here's why it's so cool. So the Vidoc Society is named for Eugene François Vidoc, the groundbreaking 19th-century French detective who helped police by using psychology of the criminal to solve cold case homicides. So essentially Vidoc is this is this club made up of um, former um, like FBI or current profilers, homicide investigators, scientists, um, Prosecutors, coroners, all of these people come together. Their members are selected by committee and invitation only. They pay a $100 annual fee and they commit to attend to at least one meeting per year. It was formed in 1990, and Bender, who I talked about, who had the, the girl fairy, um, was one of the founding members. And so in 1990, they, fa- they were founded and it solved its first cold case in 1991. Oh, wow. Clearing an innocent man of involvement of the murder of Huey Cox in Little Rock, Arkansas. Vidoc will only consider cases that meet certain requirements. They must be sol- unsolved deaths more than two years old. The victims cannot have been involved in criminal activity such as prostitute- sorry, sex work or drug dealing. And the case must be formally presented to them by appropriate law enforcement agency. The sci- society does not charge for its services and pays for the travel and expenses of law enforcement agents who come to present cases. I said prostitution, because that was what was written on. Yeah, and on, Yeah, yeah, the right yeah, track. so it's sex work. Yep. Anyway, okay. That's just a fun fact about Vidal. So, the last thing I want to say about this. So, it's he's still a, unidentified. We don't know who he is, which is insane. But here's kind of the coolest thing, and I think this is probably where it eventually is going to get solved. In, two th- in August 2018, our girl, Barbara Ray Venter, the genetic geologist, who helped identify the Golden State Killer, you piece of shit, D'Angelo, go fuck yourself, using DNA profiling techniques, said that she was using the same method to try and identify the boy in the box. Amateur groups that use online databases, such as Doe Network or Web Sleuths, I love Web Sleuths, have you been on there? No. So much. You can have a... You just create your account. And it's everybody gathering informa- information about different unsolved crimes. And it's local, too. Like, there's, I think, a Russell Williams one. Oh. They're, it's very, very cool.
0: Why have I not heard of this?
1: Yeah, look up Web Sleuths. It's awesome. Okay. Anyway, they've also... Those those websites have also tried. But I think that that's sort of where it's going to happen. And I read that... I don't know if it was, like, the late 90s or maybe it was the 2000s. They did... Um, exhume his body where it had been put to rest to extract DNA and they got it from like the enamel of a tooth mm-hmm. and then they, um, they reburied him in a different cemetery and the I don't know if it was like the investigator or who found him or something had donated like the headstone and the cemetery gave him a very big plot and a lot of people came when he was put to rest there. So yeah that's the boy in the box. It's a very quick one. Because, again, it's, it's unsolved. But um, I think it will get solved by, by DNA stuff. I think that's well, the way yeah, to go. yeah, because
0: that's what I was thinking. I'm like, why haven't they done Now, I know DNA stuff didn't come until after that anyways. Like, when did DNA, like, start to be a thing? In the 80s or early 90s?
1: Yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Although they talk about it in here in, like, the 50s, too. And I'm like, what? I don't remember it being a thing. But they in something I read, they talked about DNA that old. So, yeah. Well, I think this one, this is so famous and so interesting. And it gets really deep and crazy and, and uh, there's a lot of other theories. How, but on that note, I want to give... That's what I was looking for during your story. Is I want to give a little shout out for people to look up okay, on so Insta. Okay, while you're looking that
0: up? Yeah. So in 1986 was when DNA was first used in a criminal investigation by Dr. Jeffries. The investigation used genetic fingerprinting in a case of two rapes and murders that happened in 1983 and 1986, and these, cra- ha- ha- these crimes happened in a small town called Something That I Can't Say, which is located in the United Kingdom. In- oh, in- okay. So, Interesting. Yeah, so I thought that that was like a later than, but I wonder if maybe... Maybe they were talking about something
1: else. To, to do that. But they can put all of that into like a database, and even if he had like a sixth cousin, it would come up, and then they can kind of go back and, and um, um, figure all that out. Oh, also, I believe with the Foster family there, when they closed the investigation in 98, I believe they closed it because they actually conducted DNA testing and concluded that they there was not a genetic match, I think. I could be completely at a turn. Okay. But on the topic of unidentified victims, because there is an insane amount of those, there is an Instagram account, and it's created by uh, a young man in, in Canada, actually. He's a Canadian. And it's called Nameless Does. Now, I will give a warning that some of the pictures can be graphic. However, okay. I think it's so so important. So basically what happens is you take a picture of a of a dead body in the face of oh. and they will give you a list of, you know, who that person is and um like what they know about it. So where they were found. So for instance, one was found in Santa Ana, Orange County, California, unidentified white female. They give the nameless number um when they were located if they have a, a cause of death, if they know that, the estimated age. So they give you like a picture of the face and as much information as they can, and they want people to sort of look at them and identify them if they can. Now again, it's pictures of dead faces, so they're, it's not like smiling and they can be kind of rough, but I think it is such a very cool way to use social media to try and identify these people who have passed away, oftentimes by what, what they deem homicide.
0: Yeah. So I'm on here right now and it's like so this like there's this man, Oshawa, Ontario. March he was discovered on March 14th, 2020, 2020 2012.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, like the yeah, the most recent one was posted 3 days ago from Ottawa, Ontario. Okay. So it's so all over North America.
0: Made in Canada. Very but it's cool. a Canadian
1: kid that created it and I I just think it's a really cool way to so use social media. It is, it's uh, a selfie game gone right, I guess.
0: Yeah, this is, um, I bet you Chris would definitely be interested in this. Just mm-hmm. because. I think I heard about
1: it from the woman who works as a, I think, a coroner's assistant. And, and I can never say her name. And Jimmy, Mrs. Mrs. and Jimmy, Nicole and Jimmy. And she posts so much cool shit all the time. And I think she's the one that actually um, told me about it.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that's that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing, so, I mean, of all the things that, you know, I love, like, Horror and gruesome and true crimes and hauntings and stuff like that the one thing that actually scares me is dead bodies yeah yeah like to see them and, and it's weird because I mean I'm married to a funeral director yeah but uh to be in the presence of them in any way. Like if I go visit him at work, I'm like I do not take me in any room where there's a dead body. Oh, interesting. Even if they're in a casket and they're all set up looking pretty. You don't want any I, part I of can't. It. Like it just to me that would be like if you woke up in a bed full of spiders. Oof. Like it's it get. oh my god, yeah. that's horrifying to like, me.
1: That's just Isn't that interesting though, eh? Yeah. I, I don't like it, it makes me uncomfortable but I don't have that kind of reaction.
0: You know what? I bet you there's a name for it. What is the fear of dead bodies?
1: It's life.
0: No, there's going to be a weird. Oh, well, C- necrophobia. necrophobia. Necrophobia? Necrophobia is a specific phobia which is the irrational fear of dead things as well as things associated with death. But I'm. You I'm, don't have that, though. You no. like dead stuff. Like, like, you like spooky death. I love cemeteries. Necrophilia. Those TV are like buffet. the coolest fucking things. Yeah. So somebody who loves cemeteries is called a taphophilia. I didn't know that. Or taph. Uh... No. Okay. What do you call? God bless Google. <laughs> Give it a goog. So, because like I have a I have a Pinterest board called um the Tafophiles. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a Tafophile. Oh, okay. so like an anglophile lo- is, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so somebody who loves cemeteries. So, but I think I love cemeteries just because of the history that's in them, me and too, all that kind of stuff. So, but um, to actually see like a dead body is, and I remember like when, like, if anybody I know has died, I obsess about what their body looks like right now, in in the ground, in the ground. Oh, um, so
1: like you need one of those ones where they have cameras in the coffin. No.
0: I don't, because I really don't need to see it. No, 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 no. I don't. I know. But um, yeah. Like for years after my stepfather died, so it's been sixteen years. Mm-hmm. This um past October. Mm-hmm. But for years, I'd be like, I wonder what he looks like now. <gasps> like, just because it's my fear, right? And yeah, when you're afraid of something, you think about it. Like you, yeah, you imagine yeah. the
1: horrificness of it, right? Totally. It's it's if it's a fear, it's quite easy to live in it, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking of fears, did you see what Charlotte wants from Santa this year? No, what? So I posted three pictures on Facebook of the three things that he wanted, she wanted. Mm-hmm. One is um, a Playmobil thing of Ghostbusters. <gasps> the Yay! fire hall. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Nice. The other thing is like a dinosaur thing, so it's got like a dinosaur, it's got a little tree house, it's got a little helicopter. Cool. The other thing is a radio controlled tarantula.
1: Okay, no, we're n- No. I'm making it. It has nothing to do with me, but no.
0: Okay, well, that radio controlled san- er, tarantula was on sale yesterday, so you we fucking bought, it. bought it. We bought it. So Santa is bringing that to her, but I hate spiders, too. Yeah.
1: They're the worst. If it has more than four
0: legs, fucking kill it.
1: First of all, I don't want a spider. Eight legs? Yes. Four legs? Enough. Eight legs, you're just a show off, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, uh, if you have enough body weight as a spider that I can hear you go across the floor, no. Third of all, hair? Hair? Spiders should not have hair. Get out. Fifth of all, um, I don't know, if I kill you and I hear a crunch, absolutely not. You're too powerful. Uh, too powerful. Yeah. And sixth of all, uh, people are like, oh, spiders, they kill bugs. Bats kill bugs. Give me more bats. Give me bats yes. all day. Give me 20,000 more bats to make up for spiders. Bats are adorable. And rant. I like snakes, too. I don't... They startle me. I'm fine with snakes. They stay in their corner. I stay in my corner. Everything's good. But
0: they like the bugs, too.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't want any... I don't want to fuck with snakes. They're cool. But spiders, mm-hmm. get out. We don't need
0: you. You mess up my day. If Chamber of Secrets did not teach us anything about spiders and how they can just turn on people... i kind of dicks.
1: Like, have a real yeah.
0: fucking attitude on them. Yeah. A real tood.
1: Bitch, I can squish you. I mean... And I think, personally, between yeah. you and
0: me, Charlotte's Web is propaganda. See, and I have Charlotte's Web, and I started to read it to her while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Because it was called Charlotte's Web. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when they started talking about, like, this cute little spiders, like, fuck that, I'm done. No, well, it's propaganda. Get I stopped it. reading it. Get it out. hmm Okay. So, I have a gift for you. <gasps> 50 gifty! So, I have one for myself. Okay. But I got one for you as <gasps> well. So. I'm so excited! So, one of my, as I talked about at the beginning of the episode, uh-huh. is my mug. So, <gasps> shout out to Sweet Sips Shop. Sweet Sips! So, she's got, like, an Instagram. She's got an Etsy account. Right. Um, I I love her. So, in, in light of our... New venture of a podcast. I had these made for us. (gasps) What? For real? Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god.
1: Ah! Dude, that's so cool. cool? So I couldn't drink out of mine because. Oh, I would have been incredibly jealous. Oh, thank you so
0: much. So if we ever get popular, we can make those. I love this. Merch! Yes. We got merch. Okay, this is the greatest gift I've ever been given. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Thanks, friend. excited about This is it. so cool. I'm going to take a picture and post it. Yeah, you can Because I haven't been able to post mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I've been waiting. And I've had these for like, oh, man. Thank you ever. so much. This is so cool. Like I, I feel got so one a of fish. My, I got one of my fall mugs from her at the same time. And so I mean, awesome. I'm already on to Christmas mugs. <laughs> so, it's been a real deep okay. dive for you. September 30th. <gasps> she sent me the picture of
1: it done. Oh, it's been a month and a half, basically. Yeah. So. Good Lord. Thank you so much. I love this so much. You are welcome. What a lovely surprise, my friend. Yay. Well, okay. That's
0: all I've got for today. What that's about all I've I'm done. Good. Do you want to give us the plugs? Yeah. So. Check us out on Instagram. At, um, is it WG Haunted on Instagram? No, it's White Girl Haunted. Is it White Girl Haunted? Yeah. Um, Twitter's WG Haunted. You got it. And we're on Facebook under White Girl Haunted? Yes. And guys, send us your emails. We want to hear your shit. We don't want to have to Google and research shit all on our own. So send yeah. us stuff that we can read. Yes. Um, we Spooky can read story. it on air. Yes. Boogie yes. stories, stories was uh, a distant. Uh relative murdered yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> dark. <laughs> Did you have a sexual encounter with a very hot poltergeist? Whatever.
1: Yeah, no shame. No shame. You
0: just you just tell us. Let us know.
1: Let us know if you want us to say your name or to declassify yeah. the information. We can change your name. We can redact your information, but please send us and the the email to send those is WhiteGirlhaunted at gmail.com. Yeah, please send. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye.
0: Bye. Don't say anything until I hit stop this time. (laughs)